Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Marketing with a Book podcast. I'm Henry DeVries. I run a company called Indie Books International, and we work with what we call the ABC, agencies, business coaches, consultants on how to attract high-paying clients by marketing with a book and a speech. And that's what our podcast is all about. We have a very special one today, and it focuses on the speaking part and what it takes to be not just an average speaker, not a better than average speaker, but an unforgettable speaker. And we've got a great show lined up for you today. First, we'd like to do a quick author roll call. We'd like you to introduce yourself, where you're from, the title of your book, and wanna go with uh, David Goldman and then Mark LeBlanc. Thanks, Henry. Hi, I'm David Goldman, and I wrote a book called The Road to Happiness, How to Get What You Really Want. And I'm most excited about a book that's coming out soon that I co-authored with uh, Henry DeVries and Mark LeBlanc called Bringing in the Business Without Sounding Like a Salesperson. We're very excited. We expect that's going to come out within the next couple of months. Thanks, David. Mark. Hey, thank you so much, Henry. My name is Mark LeBlanc. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And um, a book that I want to shine a little light on is uh, our book, Defining You, How Smart Professionals Craft the Answers to Who Are You? How Can You Help Me? And um, who are you, what do you do, and how can you help me? Uh, and uh, you can see that that's a monster problem, not just for one of the co-authors, but for the people who read it. So check out the book, Defining You. Mark, I just want to comment on that. I think of all your books, that might be the first book people should read. I know your classics are growing your business and never be the same. I'm publishing an article this week in Forbes.com that in-person meetings are up, they're back. Uh, there's been a 255% increase and different people are saying that now is the time we're gonna get back together and that question of uh, who are you, what do you do? That's gonna be coming up more and more. So an important business development book right there. Hi, I'm Henry DeVries. I'm the author of Marketing with a Book. and it's not marketing a book. There are great books on how to market your book. Matter of fact, there's some books that give you a thousand ways to market your book. I think that's the problem. There are only seven you should be focusing on if you wanna use the book to attract high paying clients. And that's what we talk about here on the show. A, a book is the number one marketing tool. Speaking is the number one marketing strategy to find new clients. And we have an expert with us today, Patricia Fripp. Companies hire Patricia Fripp when they want to drive more business by polishing their sales presentations. And they want their leaders to work with her to inspire them and to build their commitment through their words. Uh, Patricia is a CSP, a CPAE. She's a Hall of Fame keynote speaker. She's an executive speech coach and a sales presentation and online learning expert. She was elected the first woman president of the National Speakers Association. And she has co-authored a new book, 
deliver unforgettable presentations as uh, well, very nice visual aids. Well, I wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, great visual aids there. Um, Patricia, what inspired you to write this book? This was the time. The time was right. That simple. And as you, uh, as you said, everyone is getting back and all of us, and I don't know if Mark and David would agree, even those of us who have made our living speaking for decades, we're all a bit rusty. So the time is right to refresh our skills or to develop the skills. And I don't care if your audience is one, five, 50, 500, in person, online, or you have video messages to attract business. You have to know what I would call proven principles and timeless techniques. What Mark, Darren, and I do is put a new take on them. I would call them fritnetizing. Darren and Mark would put their brand on it. So uh, she's talking about, of course, Darren LaCroix and Mark Brown, who are going to be future guests on our podcast. Patricia, today I wanted to focus on those seven steps to deliver unforgettable presentations. Your first step is finding your content. What do you mean by that? We all have a lifetime of experience inside our personal lives, our professional lives, all the ways that we have been influenced. And we have to have something to talk about. Now, those of us who want to be professional speakers, and I remember saying this years ago, oh, I love to speak, but I'm not an expert on anything. Well, that isn't true. So as far as professional speakers or content experts or authors, I always say you get paid for what you know, you get paid well for delivering it well. And of course, a lot of my work is with executive sales teams and engineers. So what I do with executives, as we are going through the structure of their presentation, or I try and ask them questions in what would be a logical way, I want to put some of them into their presentation. So for example, one client, he was an engineer, brilliant person, shy and modest. And they said to me, Patricia, our company doesn't have any corporate rock stars and we need you to write him a speech and turn him into a rock star speaker. And you got four hours. Fortunately for me, he took it seriously and we had longer. But the message he was getting across to the sales force is our strategy is sound. You have a great career with us and the company is going to do well. And I asked him a question. Bernard, when was the moment you realized the importance of strategy? And he said, when I was a 14 year old ball boy before the French Open. And when people came in to see the, the, the French Open, they didn't realize they would watch a match of the ball boys. And I was playing against my best friend and we were equally matched in experience and talent. But his sister was our ball boy and she was trying to sabotage my game so her brother would win. And he said, Patricia, that was the moment 
I learned the importance of strategy when I was equally matched and at a disadvantage. And he asked me what every executive asks. Do people want to hear these stories? And I say yes, because your employees will always respect the position. You're the president. They will fight in the street when they see the person behind the title. The per I call it the person behind the position. And the subtext is they will probably think, hmm, our strategy probably is sound because our president has been st studying strategy since he was 14 years old. So I call that mining the treasure trove of your life. So I do that for executives and engineers and sometimes other speakers, but we give a step-by-step -step formula of how you can go through and gather content that will help you for your personal conversations and presentations and even your business presentations. Your second step is about clarity, clarity, clarity. So how do you refine and demystify your process? When I ask executives, engineers, speakers, what are you going to talk about? They usually answer in a paragraph. I say, no, that's, that's the whole structure of your presentation. And if you sum it up, every can have. We have our content and we all have our repertoire and our favorite formulas and stories. However, the secret of being a really unforgettable presenter is to have your presentation sound as if this was created for this, this audience on this day at this time in history. So although your content might be repeated, you focus on the premise for this audience. So this can be for yourself and your preparation and sometimes you will even say it. So for example, every sales professional can double their sales with the same database how that's what you're talking about. So every can how is a good formula. And even if you're delivering a similar presentation, always weave that through. And as we say, your, all your points of wisdom, all your content in the rest of the presentation has to prove your premise. That is something I thought was masterful in the book, is this notion of premise that you not, should not be speaking to a group unless you deliver a premise. Is there any more you could add on developing a premise? Well, you have to focus on this audience and what is the result? Because, for example, with Bernard, I said, Bernard, if you had one sentence rather than 45 minutes, what would you say? He said, this is a brand new company. I said, good. Write this down. This is your opening line. Welcome to a brand new company. Now, why is it a brand new company? How is it better? Uh, uh, how is it a brand new company? How did you come up with the idea of the brand new company? And he said, 
One of our board members, who'd been on the board for 10 years, Arnold, said, Bernard, how can we once and forever grab the market share? And he said we could do this, that, or take the boldest move ever and buy our competitor, which is what they did. So I, I just ask questions to get clear, 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 clear. And all the way through, you just think, am I proving my premise? Am I reinforcing? Do they know what I'm talking about? But the biggest difference is, who is the audience? If they were to write down one, one line, what would it be? And then all the way through, ask yourself, is this making it clearer? Is this giving them example? If this reinforcing? Your third step is to take that and then structure. Go to structure. Exactly. So, and it's amazing. The structure is a piece of cake if you work on the premises. Who is the audience? What is the premise? Because, of course, we know the purpose of the opening of a presentation is to arouse interest in the subject. And we give you plenty of options in another chapter, no doubt we will come to. So once you've opened the presentation and you launch into the premise, that is getting into the body of the speech, all what we call the chunks of content reinforce and prove the premise. So if I were to say, and, and every presentation, you sell the subject or the premise. So for example, one of my regular presentations every year for the American Payroll Association is selling yourself and your ideas. So my premise can be one of two. Every payroll manager can sell themselves in their ideas. And when I say that, oh yes, I want to do that. How do I do it? However, what I like to do is sell the result. So I say every payroll manager can position themselves for promotion. Oh, I want to do that. How do I do it? You have to learn to sell yourself and your ideas. How do I do that? One, two, three, four. Same framework, same ideas. It's, is the focus on the subject or what is the result of the subject? And so you're just going through, always proving your premise, or how the five steps to write a book, or the seven steps to write a book, or, or whatever you're selling at one, two, three, four, five. Now, introducing the idea is good. However, you have to perhaps give a an explanation of what you mean by your talking point. You have to give me an example so I can see it and understand it. And then what do you want me to do with this? And then you go through your chunks of content, always do a review. If you are going to answer questions, you do it before your close. Now, corporate clients have a tendency, go through their presentation, I'll take your questions, and then it fizzles out. After, after your content, take the questions and then, last point, or last story, or a bonus strategy, 
and then you close. So you end with a bang. In the book, we have a simple diagram. You can fill in the blanks. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've got your premise, you've got your structure. And as you said, now you have to create a strong opening. Mm. So what are the keys to creating a strong opening? Well, you have many options. You might use a question. And I like rhetorical questions. If I were to ask you, is this the year you double the quality of presentations? Perhaps you'd say yes. Perhaps you'd say no. Most likely you would say, Patricia, I would love it to be, can you tell me how? Well, welcome to how to deliver an unforgettable presentation. Your seven steps to presentation success. So you see, I rhetorical question, got into the premise, the subject, of, and then outline. Or you could start with a story. A story is always a crowd pleaser and keynote speakers often open their presentations with a story. However, the story has to then somehow relate to the premise. The premise, once you introduce it, is obvious based on the story. You might come up with a statement. It never ceases to amaze me that intelligent, well-educated and ambitious professionals frequently overlook developing the number one skill that will guarantee career success. And that is learning to stand up and speak eloquently with confidence or at least stagger through their feet and say anything at all. So you can have a statement of your belief. And then of course, you're gonna tell them how they can do that. One of my personal favorites, and this I use a lot with my corporate clients, is start with an interesting statistic or little known fact. And I, it's probably very rare that somewhere in your presentation that you wouldn't have an interesting statistic or little known fact. Now, especially a lot of my clients, they're marketing product managers, they're selling their technology. And when you use an interesting statistic or a little known fact, add an emotion. Would it interest you to know? Would it surprise you to know? Would it shock you to know? Would it horrify you to know? Which is, is shock was one that we used last week's presentation for one of my corporate clients. They had a new sales message and we use that in one of the new statistics that is shocking, which would help them drive more sales. So that's an effective one. Now, there are many more. Oh, there are many more. And I recommend yeah. people get the book. It's on sale for 99 cents this week on Kindle. I have it on my device yeah. and I have a hard copy too, but I have it on my device because when it comes time to write a speech and you're gonna write an opening, I scroll through this and see, well, what are the possibilities? What Do I have a startling statistic? Um, is there a story that can start with your famous, I wish you could have been there when blank happened, or let's go back in time. Let's go back in history to this date. So 
it's a checklist you can go through as you're preparing your opening. Now, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Mm -hmm. Step five is create a compelling close. Let's talk about that. One good technique. I'm not saying you can always do it, but when you're working on your close, I would always suggest you go back to the opening to see the idea or the philosophy. So for example, with the, it never ceases to amaze me, uh, often I will go and I will step forward and I will repeat that and say, perhaps it's because as Oscar winner Jack Lemmon said, to speak in public takes the nerve of a bullfighter, the concentration of a Buddhist monk and the energy of a nightclub host. That's a circular technique. Right. Now, another technique, if you start with a story that has a satisfying conclusion, and then at the end, you pick it up where you left off and give the real end of the story. For example, one, one fun story I used to tell. Once in a while I drag it out again really to illustrate how to put together a, a story. And this was at one of my conferences with Mark and Darren when we used to have Lady and the Champs. And I opened the presentation with the classic story. I'll never forget the first time I met Larry Mariottini. It was 10.45 on a Tuesday in 1972. And as I walked into the lobby of this very shishi men's hairstyling salon where I worked, there he sat looking most uncomfortable. Someone had said to him, you need Miss Fripp. Well, he didn't know he needed Miss Fripp, but he was there. So I go on and I tell about how I transformed his appearance. And this computer programmer, shy, nerdy guy, he always said, I cut off his Elvis Presley sideburns. And because of his appearance and the positive feedback, he really acted in a more outgoing way, got a new wardrobe, trimmed down, worked out, and he became the top salesperson in his division. And I say, well, you might, I know what you're thinking, this Frit woman wants to take full credit for transforming this man's life and getting him a better paid job. And obviously Larry had something to do with it. But then at the end, I tell a story. I was telling that story at a Toastmaster conference in my area in San Francisco. And a very gorgeous, good-looking, red-headed district governor came up and said, you know, after he got divorced, I used to date Larry Mariottini. Do you know where he is? And I said, no, and I tried to look. You know, I really tried to find him. Uh, uh, and she said, I'm going to track him down. And as fate would have it, His kids put a Facebook page up for him at the same weekend she was committed. So we all got together, reconnected, and I really asked Larry, now that I'm more sophisticated, what his secret for success was. And then I said, and I'd love to tell you, Larry Mariottini is here and he's at the back of the room. 
and 350 got up, people got up and turned around. And I said, I'd like to tell you, but he's not there. He's in Chicago. <laughs> so that was a circular technique that got a good laugh. And even people who didn't think he was there, he and they said to me after, I didn't think he was there, but I had to get up and look. So that's a circular technique of part one in a story, which has a successful end. You don't think there's any more, but I picked it up because of the district governor. Well, let's go to step six. And it's the key point of the book, how to make it unforgettable. How do you make it unforgettable, Patricia? If there were one secret of an unforgettable or powerful presentation is that your subject is of interest to your audience. And one technique, there are many of course, but one technique is to speak as an audience advocate. It has to be very obvious to your audience at that time that you understand who they are. So for example, last week I had, this was a four hour presentation for a company who first hired me in 1983 for their new hire sales training on what, how do you tell our company story? And this was a nice piece of business for three years and then a big company bought them and the business went away. Well, so it's really nice to know they still remember me. I'm in touch with some of the earlier people who came back and it got my job. So how do I know? And how do they know I know how they feel? Well, they were introducing a new story, a new strategy to take them to the next level of their growth. And in advance, I interviewed the executive who was giving a 90-minute version at the sales conference. I got a 30-minute version and so I incorporated all my techniques around his message and how how they would tell the story. And I, I had one of my associates make some beautiful visuals, much nicer than his presentation, some beautiful visuals that represented the key ideas. I interviewed seven of the people who were leaders who were gonna be there. And I interviewed them and had a visual of each one with one of the key ideas that I got from their presentations, of course, making them look like a hero. And then I took scripts of what these leaders said. We want our sales leaders to not only be able to model, but train their teams to say. And I rewrote everything that they said with a fritnetized point of view. Shorter sentences, pithier words, you focused, removed all non-specific language. And so that audience knew, I knew their life. I knew how to tell the message that their leader had introduced in a more unforgettable way. Step seven. That's unforgettable. Step seven is. Own your stage. Oh, you say how you own the stage. 
Many of my executives thinks once they have their presentation together, they have their some scripting, they have their visual aids, they're done. No, you're halfway done. Then you have to get it in your body. And I like to say you have to know your presentation so well that you can forget it. That if your spouse elbowed you in the middle of the night and said, give me your opening or close your presentation, you could do it. You and it and because it's so internalized that there are times you will go off script because it's appropriate in the moment and you can play off the audience, but it's easy to get back. And if you are focusing on what comes next, oh now what was it? How did I decide to say that? You're not focusing on the most important part, which is the audience and reading the audience and playing to the audience and delivering it in a way that they have a chance to absorb it. And they are some of the ways you make it memorable. And Darren talks about before rapport. My philosophy in my entire career has always been go early, stay late. So before rapport can be created with all these interviews and all your preparation. Before rapport can be, you're there, you're in the meetings with them. You're part of their icebreakers. You go out to dinner with them. It's all before rapport. Well, so much combined and refined and put in a tight package for us. Thank you so much for the overview today. There is so much more in the book that people can take away and refer to it again and again. Um, I wanna thank you for being here today. I wanna thank you and your co-authors for writing this book. I think it is gonna help every author in the Indie Books family. I think it's required reading. So thank you again, Patricia, for being with us today. And remember, Henry, you, your last words linger, and they are better words, better results. Thank you so much, Patricia. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. We'll see you on another episode of the Marketing with a Book podcast. Bye-bye.